Hello and welcome to Preston Hospital Radio. I am Jack Goodwin, back here on Monday night. It is, the time is 10 till 7 and uh, we are ready to get started with the Premier League show. And uh, as always, I am honoured to be joined by the head of Matchday Media, Josh Dawson. And uh, coming in as a uh, replacement for Karan Tejwani, we have uh, brought in a new, brand new spanking guest who uh, runs the Fantasy Premier League section for Matchday Media. That is uh, Jonathan Latimer. Jonathan, how are you? I'm good, thank you for having me on the show. Yes, and uh, Jonathan is one of the best up-and-coming sports journalists out there, currently studying at... University of Central Lancashire. Yeah, and how are you, how are you finding that? Oh, it's really good, yeah. Yeah, really loving my time at the uni at the minute. Yeah, and uh, obviously we're bringing you onto the show permanently from now on, so what, what do you think you're going to bring to uh, the, the show? No, just a different perspective. I don't. I don't support one of the uh, top six teams. You know, like Joshua over here. I'm a. I'm a Southampton supporter and uh, root for the underdogs. Yeah, we like that. So uh, someone like myself rooting for the underdogs. Josh Dawson, how, how are, are you excited about the prospect of working with Jonathan? Oh, it'll be very interesting to see. <laughs> it different, takes a different angle from Karan. There might be a little bit less arguing. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see how he copes with the pressure of replacing Karan. Yeah, so the brand new Premier League show coming your way with our spanking new guest, Jonathan Latimer. How do you want us to call you, Jonathan? Johnny? Jonathan? John? Jonathan would be fine, yeah. Jonathan, it's harder to say, that's tongue twister. Anyway, right, let's get started with the football talk. Okay, so, obviously we started um, this weekend with a lot of good games coming up. We started with a big shock from Leicester City losing to Norwich City, but the main shock this weekend was Liverpool finally losing, making sure they didn't go the season unbeaten as they lost 3-0 to Watford. Uh, Josh Dawson, coming to you, how shocked were you by that result? Really shocked, but finally, oh, thank God, we'd have never heard the end of it if that happened. Slightly but, biased. Oh, right, <laughs> getting rid of my bias, it was, oh, it was a brilliant win for Watford, obviously, battling for survival at the end of the table. Um, it was a narrow, well, it wasn't even a narrow win, it was a battering for Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool dominated possession, I think 78%, 79% possession Liverpool had, um, but it was a masterclass from Nigel Pearson. Uh, sat back, sat deep, very similar to Atletico Madrid, the way they played. Got the men behind the ball, cut out the passing lanes. Uh, it was an off day for Liverpool in general, but Watford were outstanding. Everyone gave their all against the top Liverpool side. Uh, Klopp had rotated a little bit, which came back to haunt them, but it was an off day for Liverpool in general. I mean, I can't think of a single Liverpool player that maybe had a better than a six out of ten game. Um, just in general, all of the goals. The first one, Sir Alexander Arnold was lethargic. Fabinho perhaps could have been a little bit better. Dropped back a yard or two, helped Lovren out again, who should have been better. Van Dijk was half a yard too short. Robertson was caught napping. A good finish past Allison. Second one, Robertson could have been a bit sharper. Van Dijk again let it run past him and saw again. What about the finish? That was sublime. Third one again, Alexander Arnold, eh? What was he doing? We saw his defensive attributes, which, as we know, aren't his strongest point. I mean, I give him a, I have given him a, bit, a fair bit of stick on the show before for his defensive attributes, and we saw exactly why. Um, silly, lazy, didn't look up, passed backwards into the passive Saar, who didn't, uh, who didn't go for goal this time, played into passive Dini, who made it three. I mean, it was just very silly. 
He was just poor. I mean, as good as as good as good each finish was, it was just very lethargic defending from Liverpool. They could have easily cut out all three of those goals. And on another day, they would have done. Yeah, let's let's bring you into it, Jonathan. Um, looking looking at the, the the game before, obviously it, it took place. Did you expect Watford to even get a draw from that game? Um, no, to be honest, um, Liverpool have just been so dominant against so many teams this season, and um, I think the last time they'd failed to score a goal in the league was March third, twenty nineteen. So you know, I, it was complete and utter shock for. For what for Watford to get the win, um, I didn't I didn't think they would take anything from the game to be honest. No, I mean it was a huge shot, but you've got to give credit to Watford as well. I mean, Josh, you were very critical of how Liverpool played, but surely you've got to recognise how well Watford played. Oh yeah, every every single one of Watford's players put in a ten out of ten performance. You can't think of one of them who had a bad game. I mean, when Delafeu went off, I think everyone thought this isn't good for Watford. I mean, it's not looking promising. Surely Liverpool are going to go on and now win this 2-3-4-0. But no, it was very good defending. I mean, it, it was very similar, like I said, to how Atletico, Atletico Madrid performed uh, midweek in the Champions League. But like you say, I, I mean, I am critical of the way Liverpool defended. You could have cut all the goals out. But, I mean, Saar was outstanding the way he pressed that Liverpool defence. He was playing on the playing on the edge of uh, Van Dijk, playing on the line. He exploited that back line really well I mean there was a there was a crazy stat about at half time it was only the second time in Jurgen Klopp's I think it was 156 games in charge of Liverpool that they had failed to register a shot on target and actually at the end of the game they had only registered one so every credit to Watford's defence and do you not think now every team will be looking at Liverpool and thinking well, if Watford can beat them, who are down towards the bottom, we can beat them. Especially teams like Aston Villa, who who are playing Liverpool soon. They're fighting for their lives down there. They're coming up against Liverpool, who, you know, they've they probably already got the flip flops on, thinking they've already won the won the title. I mean, yeah, West Ham showed that didn't they the week before, giving uh, Liverpool a run for the money. But I think it's still inevitable that Liverpool are gonna. Well, obviously, they're gonna come away winning the league this season. But I think um, I think that lost us. Um, Give some more opportunity for Liverpool, definitely with uh, looking at the Champions League and uh, FA Cup, because now that they're not, they're not going for that unbeaten season, they can rotate a bit more, give some more um, time for the youngsters like Curtis, Curtis Jones and that. You mentioned rotation, well, that didn't work for them against Watford. It was only one change from the last game actually, with Dejan Lovren coming in. Well, that didn't work. No. I, 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 were you surprised that he went with Lovren over Matip with Gomez out injured? Because Joel Matip started the season tremendously well with I mean, Van I Dijk. can only see them wait, holding off Matip for the Champions League against Atlético Madrid. Mm. That was the thinking behind that, I think. But maybe Klopp was a little bit overconfident against Watford. And Watford obviously proved him wrong. It wasn't just a, a narrow defeat. There was a batter in that scoreline. I mean, the problem Liverpool have now, they've got to go and get that treble, or on paper, even They'll if they do... Have to. Well, no, even if they do win that FA Cup, say, ten years' time, uh, the kids may be looking... If you look back at the Premier League winners, and you go, oh, Liverpool won it that year, Man City won it that year, on paper, that's just an average Premier League team. 
because no one's gonna go oh, as an average. No, no one's gonna yeah, but no, no one's, one's gonna, gonna look at that. Gonna, no one's gonna remember and think oh that was a special mm. team. They won a Premier League and an FA Cup. Wow, well done. They've not won anything different than yeah, say they've definitely got Man United did. Or, uh, but if they had stayed unbeaten, you well, think if they did, have... yeah, it would have been special. It would have been a better even if they get the record points or because you look at Arsenal, yes, they were unbeaten and they're one of only two. Premier League team, uh, uh, top division teams to stay unbeaten uh, with pressing off N being the other. Um, they won twenty six of those games and they actually drew twelve of them. Where it so it they ended on ninety points. It looks like Liverpool will probably finish on more points than them, but will Arsenal still be remembered as a more special team just because of that unbeaten record? Yeah, well you're unbeaten, aren't you? It's different. Yeah, you take that for granted a bit, don't you? That, yeah, you'd rather be unbeaten, season. wouldn't you? Than get more points, surely. Would you though? Yeah. Because definitely. Arsenal that definitely. year, Arsenal that year got ninety points in that that two thousand four exactly. season. It's a very respectable, very point good point. Well. But if they had Man City in that league and they beat, say they beat Man City and drew with them, the stand, uh, but that the the Man City got hundred points, they won the title. The it, so Arsenal the... came second in uh, quite a few seasons and a lot of the past seasons. They would have come third last year with ninety points. The standard of the Premier League this year has been very poor as well, in my opinion. I mean, Manchester United this year, they could potentially finish in the top four with their worst ever points tally. It has been poor, but maybe I mean, maybe could, that's could. not given enough credit to the teams below them, to the likes of Sheffield United, the likes of Wolves, the likes of Everton, Newcastle, Burnley, who are pushing the boundaries and are beating the top boys. Yeah, but doesn't that still means the standard of the teams around them are poor. That just means they're getting... Cl- the, the, does it not mean that the gap is closing, which is good? For, for the sport? Not necessarily. What do you think, Jonathan, obviously being a Southampton fan? Um, you know, I think it's great that um, teams like Sheffield United are doing so well. And I don't, I don't think it does mean that the, the rest of the league's down in quality when you do see teams like Wolves, Sheffield, fighting for Europe. I think it, it does, like you mentioned there, shows a change, a shift that, of this big six mentality that we've got. It just means the rest of the big six aren't improving, doesn't it? Everyone else is catching up to them. They're just not improving to the next level. What does it mean? Liverpool, Liverpool are so immense to everyone else. Well, it means Liverpool are ex- Liverpool are improving, and Manchester City. Well, Manchester City didn't this year, but they're improving. And you've got your likes of Chelsea, Manchester United. Well, they're not going to improve with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in charge. Um, but the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, who are now behind, they've not been competing for years now. But they're just not improving. They're not keeping up with the the raggles. It's interesting you brought City into the debate, and you said they've not had as well as a season. Obviously, in terms of domestic league, they haven't. But the, this weekend they won the Carabao Cup. You throw in, they've won the F, they win the FA Cup and the Champions League too. But Liverpool win the Prem. Who has the be- Who's had the better season? That's actually a really good question. If 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 Man City win the Carabao Cup. FA Cup and Champions League on paper you go Man City have had a great season from a fan's perspective Liverpool fans I don't think Liverpool fans will care about the Champions League to be honest they'll just be happy they've won the league they've beaten the how many years is it since the last of the league 30, 30 I think yeah. 30 well they're just over the moon that that will be over soon I think but on paper you go Man City don't you really Champions League they've never won that before FA Cup Carabao Cup because like I say, like I said before, if they just win the Premier League, it's an average season. 
Yeah, well, I don't know on, if you like... On paper, it's just... Oh, it's just average. If you look, on if paper, you are, if you look they're at not going to be remembered as the special, champion, uh, special champions, are they? Yeah, but if you look at the games in which they have played, they have shown that they are, they are elite. They won the Champions League last well, that's year. Great. Well, yeah, they, they have to us, and we'll think, oh, they're a very good team. But when people look back in 10 years' time and go... When you say, oh, they're a good team, but then you'll go, oh, but they also won the league. Hmm. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, I do, a bit, but then I also think, for us that are watching it, we are watching this team, we're still going to be there in 10 years' time, we're still going to remember. Now we've got the highlights, we can we can go back and look at how great they were. What the Centurions, Man City? Yeah, they're fantastic. But, what if, but Liverpool look like they probably will make it as Centurions, unless they have a massive downfall now. You never know, don't you? We've got, we've got to wait for them to get there first. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting be one. You've got to remember, they've not actually won anything yet. They haven't, no. They haven't won anything, but they pretty much have I mean, they're game. going to win the league, aren't they? <clears throat> Unless they slip up big time. Right, let's go from... We've the... got to wait for them to get to that points tally, like you say, Gus. The performance against West Ham was poor. They were lucky there. Obviously, they've lost to Watford. Poor performances. It's, it's two poor performances in the space of two weeks. Yeah, if, the, not. if those perf- poor performances it's just two continue, performances though. It, it is a season we're looking at here. Oh, it is. Let's I'm not, not. Let's I'm not, not make not a drama out of it. They are still sensational. I'm not yeah. saying that's all performances, but if those performances were to keep continuing and they put in a few more performances, like you say, to go and chase the Champions League, they were to rotate the side. They're not necessarily going to pick up all those points. Possibly, no. Possibly not. No. But right, let's let's go from top end of division so we're talking about Liverpool to the bottom end of division let's look at Watford how how do you think they've got every chance of staying up now just because they've beaten Liverpool they've got that it's, it's similar to the sort of manager bounce that they had when Nigel Pearson came in you saw that manager bounce because now they've beaten arguably the best side in, in, the, in the world will they have a bit of a bounce from that now or will they now have a bit of arrogance about the play that they may start losing games. I think that's definitely going to inspire them, isn't it? I mean, before that Liverpool game, they were they were second from from bottom, and uh, they'd only managed five wins all season without winning five. So that win against Liverpool is definitely going to inspire those players to fight for survival. Yeah, morally, it'll do a huge, it'll have a huge impact in the dressing room. But obviously, it, all it takes is for the teams around them to keep winning. And it is it is out of their hands as well. All they can do is keep winning and hopefully the other teams to slip up around them, which I'm sure they will. Because well, the rest of the teams, apart from Bournemouth, won around them this weekend, if I'm correct as well. Who drew with Chelsea? Oh, obviously over the Aston Villa who didn't Aston, play well, in the Carabao Cup final um, against City. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's looking very tight around there. You've got Norwich, who have got a slim hope after an impressive win against Leicester. You've got Villa, Bournemouth, Watford, West Ham. Brighton and do do you include Newcastle on that thirty two points from twenty eight games with ten games left? You never know, do you? You never know. Are they still in danger, in your opinion, Johnny? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Not with the way they've been playing. Southampton in danger? No, no chance. No. Don't think so at all. No. Even despite that loss against West Ham, we've still got. I think there's a decent run of fixtures for them. So you think it's that bottom six? Yeah, but I don't, yeah. So you mentioned that Southampton played West Ham this weekend. Oh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of uh, highlights from that game. Yeah, I have, yeah. Probably with your hands over your head with some of the mistakes that the Saints players made. But West Ham, they really needed that win, didn't they? Oh, definitely. It, w- it was a must-win game for them, wasn't it? 
Um, but they, David Moyes, hats off to him. His his setup for for the game against Saints was great. You know, he played those those long balls. Southampton really struggled dealing with. Since we're always playing so high pressure yeah. up the field, we really do struggle with the teams that play the long ball. I think. Especially the Antonio goal was a prime example of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it happened a few times, didn't it? As well, there was uh, one in the second half, I think, when McCarthy saved with his leg uh, wide. Yeah, was that the one with um, Sebastian Haller's um, uh, Rabona yeah. through oh, ball? That was sick, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, but you should look at West Ham's side. They've got, like you mentioned, Sebastian Haller. They've got Felipe Anderson. They've got one of the best young-rated Englishmen out we, there, we, Declan we've Rice. We've said this a few times, haven't we, on the show? We, the, they should be, they're, very, they're underperforming. Got a lot of good Ham. individuals. It's, they're just not a team. What's going wrong for them, Johnny? Yeah, just like what I just said. I think they've got a, a lot of great individual players that just don't seem to gel together when they're playing. Like you said, Josh, when they're playing as a team, they don't play as a team. And obviously, your best, your one of your best mates, Caleb, he's a he's a West Ham United fan. Obviously, you must hear a lot about West Ham from his opinion. What are West Ham's annoyed at this season? Because they had a protest as well uh, yeah. before the Southampton game. From what from what Caleb said to me, um, there's a lot of issues with the fans towards the board, and they're not happy with how they're spending money. And when sitting back, obviously, I don't pay as much attention to West Ham as I do Southampton, but sitting back you do hear a lot of West Ham they're just going for these random players and they don't ever seem to have like a a link if you know what I mean yeah we you look where they're buying the players from they've got Haller who's come from Germany they've got Felipe Anderson who's come from um, uh, Italy you've got Thomas Suchek who is is come from um, where was that Belgium? Yeah, I think there's it? no they, they, there's, there's no they, guarantee hot, that they're going to suit the other, League. other than the likes of Jared Bowen. But again, he's coming from Championship. Robert Snodgrass came from Championship. Ryan Fredericks came from Championship. A lot of these players are coming from foreign leagues. It's a Diop, Manuel Lanzini, Fernals are all coming from foreign leagues. Maybe you've got to look at the transfer business that they're doing. I know they've had a high caliber manager in Pellegrini. Didn't work out for him. Um, if West Ham stay up, does David Moyes keep the job? If he keeps them up, then I, I don't see why he shouldn't keep the job. But I think um, it's not a pro- it's not a, it's not a progressive move, is it? Keeping him on though, is it? No, he's he's there to keep them up. That's his job. He's that kind of manager nowadays. What when you were well, that's what you associate with David Moyes nowadays. It's like, like a Sam Allardyce. He's, he's a Sam Allardyce. I think gone are the days with David Moyes. When he was at Everton, I don't think he's that kind of manager. He was given his chance at Manchester United. It didn't work out for him there. I think those days of prime David Moyes are gone. Mm. Like you said, it's not showing the signs of progression if he was to stay on. I think with West Ham as well, with the signs of progression, they don't really seem like they do have a plan for the future. Their youth setup is probably one of the worst in the league, I'd say. I think they've got four, four scouts. Yeah, it's like, well, when you're Brighton in your example, Karan actually mentioned it on the show the other week. Um, they've set up, they've got a big plan going forward, the scouting set up going on at Brighton. Um, was, it, was it you that mentioned it? It was me, yes, yes. Go on and talk us through that. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, about Brighton and how uh, they've got Dan Ashworth who came in, uh, who set up all the England DNA with the FA, so all the youngsters all the grassroots football everyone play they're trying to implement they play the same way with the four corners um, 
<clears throat> and Brighton have actually they've, they've, they're buying a lot of players just fit for the under 23s football and they've got a very good Brighton under 23 side that's now playing in the top division of the Premier League 2 so the under 23 league and they're using a lot of those youngsters so you've seen you've seen the likes of um, the, the, some of the, the players that have come in Aaron Connolly uh, for one has come in and played uh, Stephen Alzate um, it, it's player after player that they're, they're playing even in the cup competitions they're playing some of the young players so there's always that pathway for players to, to get through and every team the Brighton first team the under 23 team the women's team the under 18s the under 16s 15s they're all playing the same way because Dan Ashworth who's coming in as the technical director has said this is how our manager wants to play we're going to give Graham Potter five six years and this is how we're always going to play and that's why Graham Potter is now on an eight year contract I believe and it's that sort of long term vision which a lot of teams lack mm-hmm. I think Southampton are one of the teams that actually used to have a real good long term vision maybe not in the past few years um, no de- definitely in the last few years it's um, it's not it's not been up there but I think I think with Ralph, with Ralph Hassenhull, um, coming in and I think I think we're hoping to uh, get him on another three three and a half year deal at the end of the season if we stay up, which I think we will. But I think I think that long term plan's coming back, back into it because, um, obviously on Saturday, yeah, um, Michael Obafemi, he's from the youth academy. He was he was our goal scorer against West Ham, um, so. I th- I just think it's really important for teams not to just think, oh, we've got a hundred million, let's go and spend, go go wild over Europe searching for forty million players. I think it. I think if you invest in the youth setup, you've just got a you've just got a better better place in the future. It all depends if you want. It's, it depends if you buy the right player. Cause Manchester United again, your example. They've try to invest they want that instant impact to get that compete at the top level but the amount of players they have signed that have not paid off the likes of Memphis Depay I mean the list goes on doesn't it the list goes on I mean we've even got Pogba at the moment who was not even playing at the moment that's the difference with like youth steps as well Mason Greenwood's come through the youth step at the moment and the players want to play If 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 they're coming in the academy when they're young their goal is to get to the first team. But if you sign a player like Paul Pogba, he's it's like it's the paycheck. It's the paycheck, yeah. Exactly. You've got McTominay. I mean, he gets his he gets his critics, but I like the guy. You can tell his heart and soul's there for the club. You've got Brandon Williams. I think that's where youth comes through. I mean, even if it's not directly youth, that's come directly from your club. Aaron Wambasaka is another example. Young players. Young players. Young talent, yeah. Um, I mean, Green, like I say, Greenwood's a prime example. I mean, long term. Marcus Rashford. Yeah, Rash, again, Rashford is still going strong. It's a shame about that injury, but I mean, long term plan is the plan for Manchester. I think that is the way forward for you know Man United. I mean, we've gone off topic a little bit here, but Don't way off topic. Way off topic. That is the plan for Manchester United. It is the plan for Manchester United. Let's stay on the yeah. lower league teams. Um, one of the teams that is involved right in the thick of the relegation battle will be involved in a cup final this weekend, Aston Villa. Um, they played admirably, they did They did really well, but again, they're, they're just not coming up with the goods. Are, are they in real danger of relegation? They are now. 
I mean, I was very confident, I don't know if you remember, with Aston Villa staying up. We're probably talking two or three weeks back now, but after Watford put in that performance, the rest of the teams around them are starting to... Bournemouth got a draw. Yeah, I I think Bournemouth will go down, but the rest of the teams around them are starting to look a little bit stronger. And Grealish, I mean, I've been saying Jack Grealish looks to be the only bright spark in that Aston Villa side, and he can't do it all by himself. No, you you certainly can't. Um... I mean, you're looking at if, if the pressure gets on Grealish, he may get an injury or something, and it's it's a real worry for Aston Villa. They're in the relegation zone. Uh, they're in the relegation zone with Norwich and Bournemouth. Uh, you, Josh, you mentioned you think Bournemouth will go down. Um, Johnny, it's a side close to Southampton. They've been in there for the last four or five years now. Do you think they'll go down, or do you think you've seen enough from the recent and the form that they've had, which has been quite impressive over the past six, seven games, for them to stay up? Um, I think I'd, I'd be personally I'd be really disappointed if they do go down because I think it's really great having a small mm, small team in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, the res- the results haven't been great throughout the season, have they? And um, um, I think uh, Ryan Fraser, you know, last season he was getting assists and goals left, right, centre, wasn't he? And he was a real bright spark. But this season, I've not. Don't know if it if it was because of those transfer rumours with him and Arsenal, but he, this season he's just not been the same player, was, and I think that's a big he problem. Was a standout man, wasn't we, he? We look at it. He can't do it by himself again. I mean, <clears throat> he started twenty games, one goal, four assists. But another man who usually has been their best player for the last four years is Callum Wilson. He scored seven goals this season in twenty-seven appearances, so that's mini school compared to his previous achievements I think last year he was 17 goals for Bournemouth he, he, uh, so a lot of the pressure has been lying on the likes of of, of Josh King to, to get the goals who has probably been one of the bright sparks in Bournemouth season this year Yeah, I mean it's, it's a tough one for Bournemouth it's admirable that they're standing by Eddie Howe a man who does deserve time at that club. They can't get rid of him. I, I agree. No, it's a man who does deserve time at that club from where they've got them from. So I do like that they're standing by him. So fair play to them for that. There's not a chance they could get rid of him. I don't I don't know what you think, Johnny. But I don't think anyone else could do a better job than Eddie. No. Uh, going to bring on Lewis Walsh, who who's just... Um, who's going to be on our lower league show in about 10 minutes. But I just want to hear your opinion because I know you think that Eddie Howe... If, if if Bournemouth do go down, it could be sacked. Um, yeah, uh, it's just looking more and more like he might not be the man for the Bournemouth job at this point. Like, you have to wonder, has he taken Bournemouth as far as he can? Like, um, you know, his recruitment's not been fantastic. Um, it's a case of if they do go down, do they give him a chance or? Do they perhaps look elsewhere? I mean, to be honest, I'd be inclined to look elsewhere. How? 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 How do you look elsewhere? He is, the he's taken them from. He is Bournemouth, isn't he? He is Bournemouth. That is the thing. He is Mister Bournemouth. He's the king of Bournemouth. You have to look at their form though, and again, the recruitment, like spending so much on players like Jordan, I, Dominic Solanke. You just can't spend that much on those sorts of players and expect to progress as a club. Were they his signings? I'd, I, you'd think so, like... Yeah, that, this is the thing, because you look at Bournemouth's side, the likes of Nathan Ake, the, 
I, the players they brought in, it's a, it's a, it's a, you look at it, it's a, it's a top ten side, or a top twelve at least you would imagine. So I, I see where you're coming from, Lewis. Um, you can sit that down now because I'm not happy with your opinion on that. <laughs> but um, the whole, the I just I, I I don't know what you think, Josh. What do you think of Lewis's opinion? I can see where he's coming from, obviously, <clears throat> because any other manager <clears throat> anywhere else would be sacked. I mean, the only reason he's still in his job, as you say, is because of his loyalty yeah, but you've and got to the have way that. he's been there. You've got to have that. You, you... I, I agree with yeah. you. I'm, I'm siding with you. But any other club, if it was any other club, it would be sacked. Yeah, um, one of the standout players for Bournemouth this year has certainly been their goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale, 21 years old, who had a loan spell at Wimbledon last year. Um, he's come out of nowhere, Ramsdale. No one had really heard of him before this season, but he's been one of the star players. There's a few people that have been saying he should be taking the number one spot from Jordan Pickford. This is uh, the next discussion that we are bringing up about... After seeing Jordan Pickford's multiple mistakes, seven errors leading to goals this season, do you replace Pickford from being number one at England? Yes, but not with Ramsdale. Who with them? Dean Henderson. Yeah, I think it's got to be Dean Henderson. You both agree with Dean Henderson? Yeah. Um, he's just he's just been unreal, hasn't he? I mean, Sheffield have been unreal this season, and he's been the standout player. Um, Ramsdale, yeah, he's been great, but. Bournemouth are going to be but in the Bournemouth, championship next season. Yeah, exactly. Bournemouth are going to be in the championship. They're, they have, they're in the rele- relegation zone. You can't really take a goalkeeper from the relegation zone to the Euros, can you? Not as first choice, anyway. I mean, yeah, not as first choice. I mean, Sheffield United are punching way above their weight. Um, you've got to take one of the top goalkeepers. I mean, Henderson's made one mistake, I think, didn't he, early on? Against Liverpool. At the start of the season against, like you say, it's Liverpool, though, isn't it? Um... But he's been making save after save for them. He's um, he's got very good save percentage. I mean, the other option I know a lot of people call for Nick Pope, but again, I think that's a ridiculous call for me. It's not, um, I wouldn't say it's ridiculous. Well, no, he's got the second worst save percentage in the league. I think it's I think it's quite frankly ridiculous. It's the second worst save percentage in the league. And he's getting all his clean sheets on the back of a Burnley defence, in my opinion, in the way they play. Yeah, but I, I think you may look into that a bit too much because How it's the quality of it shots. It's it's the quality of mm. shots that he faces. It is. Because but... as you say, the defence is so resolute that the only time the shot does come in is maybe when it's a uh, it's coming in. It, from I a... mean, you can look into it too much. Maybe if it was say you look at the top five of them and think maybe say maybe Allison was top and maybe. Edison was five and you go oh well Alisson's better than Edison because he's the best save percentage for example then you can go well not necessarily because of the save percentage but when you're that far down in the rankings in terms of save percentage so it's Dean it, Henderson it, it is a little bit so it's Dean Henderson for both of you yeah yeah definitely I think it's got to be Dean Henderson okay so that means Jordan Pickford will be dislodged from his number one place what are the reasons it, for getting rid of, of Pickford who has, ma- been a, who has been a very good member of England's squad for last I mean the years. amount of times England have been loyal to an out of form yeah. goalkeeper at a major tournament and it has cost them Pickford came in obviously as the informed goalkeeper replacing Joe Hart for the World Cup and it paid off I mean he's, he's been very good for England he has always has as you said he's never made a mistake for England but that was the case for Joe Hart until obviously 
he made mistakes big time at the Euros. Yeah, it's actually a very good point. I didn't thought about that because you think of Joe Hart, Rob Green against USA in the 2010 World Cup. You think of when we didn't make the Euros in 2008 because of a Paul Robinson mistake, I think it was. Yeah. I remember David Seaman. Well, I don't remember, but I know David Seaman made a huge mistake at the 2002 World Cup um, against Brazil. It's keeper after keeper that, uh, that are making it mistakes. Is, but Pickford, me, Pickford was arguably the best player for England in the World Cup. Well, arguably, but... But that, that was that World Cup, wasn't That was it? that World Cup, and if you go with the info... He was the informed goalkeeper at the time, which is why he was selected for the World Cup. Dean Henderson's the informed exactly. goalkeeper this time, isn't he? Is Nick Pope not the informed goalkeeper? No chance. Is Ramsdale not the informed keeper? No. You no. mentioned... You Henderson mentioned... is the informed <laughs> keeper, isn't he? But you mentioned that Nick Pope is got a fantastic defence in front of him but so does Dean Henderson yeah but Dean Henderson's got the defence in front of him and he's got all the stats to prove why he is the best goalkeeper as well with the way England want to play though I assume playing out from the back which is part of the England yeah. DNA that Dan Ashworth brought in I think the the keeper the best the, one with his is, feet. is Jordan Pickford. It is, but... So it, does that not retain Pickford's place? Well, not if he's letting in goals left, right and centre. No, do you want your goalkeeper to save shots and be good with his feet? Or do you want him to... And not be as technically gifted with his feet? Or do you want him to let lots of goals in but have great distribution? But it's, it's a big statement to make to get rid of a goalkeeper. It's not like switching your striker or your, your centre-mid or your centre-back. Keeper, it's... It's, it's, it's a the, very big it's, statement it's a to raise. very big statement. Is, it wor- is there enough difference between Pickford and Henderson? Because Henderson's prone to his mistakes as well. You look at Aston Villa last year where he played the Villa, made a huge mistake. You look at Liverpool when he made a huge mistake. In the Euro, in the Euro, um, you, you for the under-21s, he made a huge mistake. You said Gone. the stat yourself, seven errors leading to goals. And that's not good enough if you want to be competing at a major level in a big tournament. Henderson's has been one this year. It's one. That's seven. And that's not to mention the little mistakes he's made, obviously, that didn't lead to goals. But when you think about Henderson, I, don't, I can't think of any, obviously, apart from the one that did lead to the goal. Martin Dubravka, do you rate him? He's, he's, he's done well for Newcastle this year. Yeah, he's also made seven errors. Yeah. He's made seven errors, but you would still recognise him as being probably Newcastle's, one of Newcastle's best players and one of the best keepers in the league in terms of shot stoppers. Burn Leno, I think he's... Arguably being one of Arsenal's best players, if not the best player this season, he's also made seven errors. I think this is that's, all getting blown out of proportion for Pickford. Do you? He makes his mistakes, yes, but he still makes some absolutely worldy saves, as you see against, he did Manchester, against United. Manchester United. He did, but Henderson makes but less mistakes. Henderson than does. Yes, yeah, that's why. But I'd Henderson's be, only had one. Henderson. Has only had one season in the Premier League. But there's better options. There's no better option. Well, I don't think it matters. Bird, Bird, Leno is, Bird Leno isn't going to be starting for Germany. Is he not? Do you not think he, <laughs> is he not? You've got Manuel Stegen ahead of him. Oh, yeah, Bird Leno. Are you seriously <laughs> saying that Bird Leno should? Stegen's made a lot of mistakes. Are this you seriously saying that Bird Leno should start for Germany? I think he, he's in say, contention. Say that, say that now. I think, I think Burn Leno... Say now that Burn Leno should start with Germany. <laughs> I think Burn Leno is in good contention because Manuel Neuer is not the same Neuer that he was <laughs> four years ago, or six years ago, shall I say. To stay good, makes quite a few mistakes and he hasn't had the best season for Barcelona. I think, I think it's all very tight between those three. Well, on that note... Um... 
Dean Henderson for me, and obviously Jonathan said the same. The answer to the question is Dean Henderson. Lewis, who are you going for? We're all voting for you. I'm gonna go with Dean Anderson. Oh, yeah, well. Jack, I'm not even saying. I'm not. Come on, Jack, who I'm you? just playing that. That I, I'm undecided. I, I need to say. Who until, would you be if you had to? If you were I picking think there's today, four. I think there's four top keepers. If you're picking the squad four, today, four keepers that you could take: Pickford, Henderson, Ramsdale, Pope. And I, w- I would be undecided. I think I was, Ramsdale's arguably impressed me the most. If I was picking three, oh, Dean Henderson's impressed me though. So if I was picking three keepers to take. I, I'd pick Pickford, Henderson, Pope. They would be the three goalkeepers I'd take. Henderson would be my number one. Pickford would remain my number two. And Pope would be my third choice. Johnny? Henderson, number one. Pickford, number two. And yeah, um, Pope. Pope, number three. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Um, I'll go for Pope, number one. I, I can't. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to do it. I can't decide between those four. I can't. I can't decide with those four. Um, let's let's keep on the England topic. We've Go got on. a couple of minutes left. Um, one of the weaknesses that England do have and have had in the past few seasons is in central midfield. They have that holding player in Jordan Henderson, and they've got a load of attacking players in terms of Deli Ali, um, James Madison, Jack Grealish. But who who plays alongside Henderson and one of them? Is it Declan Rice? Is it Ward Prowse? Who is it? Is it Harry Winks? Who who plays aside them for you, Johnny? No, like my bias would kick in and choose Ward Prowse, but uh, no, I don't know. Um, I don't know actually. I think that's a good question. Because um, you can't play both Grealish and Madison. It'd be way too I attacking. I think you can. I think yeah, it depends think on your opponent. But if you could, if we're in the final. We're playing France in a final. You can't play Grealish or Madison. Well, you could, but you would be weak defensively. You would be weak defensively. Do you have to play Declan Rice? Maybe. But I'm not a massive Declan Rice fan, as I've made clear on the show previously again, because I remember, well, as you've ne- Karan mentioned the other week about Declan Rice, if Manchester United were to sign him, and I'm not a big Declan Rice fan. He's got passion, and that's about it for me. No, he's a good player. He's a very tidy player. He's not just McTominay in disguise. No, I think McTominay's probably better, but he, exactly. he's still so not a bad... So I, I need to sign a worse version of McTominay. No, I'm, I'm not saying you should sign him. I'm just saying I don't think there's many better options for England out there. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. It's a tough one. I mean, you look at it. Harry Winks was captain of Spurs this weekend. I think Harry, I think Harry Winks would be the option to play alongside him, but again, it's, I don't think he offers as much defensively as Declan Rice would. Hmm. Again, Winks is more of an attacking kind of black-minded player. However, Declan Rice is playing defensive midfield and West Ham aren't doing too great defensively either. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Right, we will have lots of chat about this next week, I'm sure, as uh, England are getting ready to play Italy in a couple of weeks if it does go ahead in a friendly in preparation for the Euros. That brings the end to our Premier League show. Uh, so thank you very much to Josh Dawson and Johnny Latimer for joining us. Make sure you stay tuned in uh, after this song because we will be joined with the Lower League show and Josh Dawson will be making his debut as the host with me and Lewis Welsh joining as uh, the two fiery competitive uh, pundits as uh, Josh Dawson will be uh, trying to put us on the spot like I always do with the Premier League show so this is uh, this is the Premier League show and hopefully you can get a speedy recovery from hospital and coming up now 
is She Bangs from Ricky Martin. 